Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the huddle. Uh, I'm your host here, Matt Wyman, alongside me, my partner, Brady Shule. How you doing today, Brady? Doing good. It's been too long since we've been back on, but this is uh, my favorite episode of the year, so I'm really excited for this. Yeah, the draft class rankings and preview. Uh, really excited to get into this day with you, Brady. Uh, what have you been up to lately? You living life? Having a good time? Well, I just need to... I just need this draft to come sooner because, like I said, it's one of my favorite times of year, like, with sports. So, I mean, pretty much just watching these guys, looking at all the rumors and doing homework, I guess. It's a great – yeah, it's a great week. Well, you want to just get right into it? Yeah, so, so we're going oh, right. to do, do offense on today's episode, and then uh, we'll wrap it up with defense tomorrow. Yep, exactly. We're going to go through uh, each of our top fives at the major positions on the offense and defense, and this episode will be offense. And then if we have a sleeper, uh, I believe we have sleepers for most of them, and then anything, if we see a guy overrated or a possible bust that we see, we're going to talk about that as well. All right, let's get into it. Um, to start with quarterback, I think the number one's uh, pretty obvious. I got Trevor Lawrence up here. Uh I mean, if you watched him shred Alabama 44 to 16 as a true freshman, I, I mean, that's enough said right there uh, to even warrant this. Uh, there were some interesting things he said about like not being a win a Super Bowl at all at like all cost guy and all, all that kind of stuff. And that he could walk away from football. That was kind of just some uh, very slight like red, yellow flags. But he's the best prospect, uh, the best quarterback, and he's going to go number one. Yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously, ten thousand yard, over ten thousand yards, a hundred total touchdowns um, in a college career is pretty impressive. Um, he's had high expectations pretty much his whole life. Came out of Georgia as a five-star recruit, so I'd say he's coming into the NFL as a five-star recruit, even though that's not really how they're rated. But yeah, I heard those comments that he said, and honestly, like, yeah, you'd you'd rather have a guy like Joe Burrow who's saying he's going to risk it all for a Super Bowl but I'm really not looking into what he said too much I think he's still a competitor he's going to go out there Um, I think one thing that Trevor Lawrence has that we haven't really seen in uh, previous quarterback prospects is his maturity I think like on and off the field he's just a really mature young individual and I think that uh, he's it's going to be really good for him or the the team that he ends up going to which is presumably the Jaguars so Definitely should be a good start for Urban down there in Jacksonville. Uh, coming at number two for here, I got Justin Fields. Uh, a lot of people have Zach Wilson, even Mac Jones, Trey Lance. You know, I think number two could be debatable, but I got Justin Fields here. I really like his arm strength. I really like him as a competitor. I think he's uh, the best competitor out of all these quarterbacks from what I've seen. Uh, I really liked how. You know, he goes down uh, to Georgia. He actually gets beat out there by Jake Fromm. That's not ideal, but he did. Um, so he transfers up to Ohio State, uh, gets to the playoff, and loses to Clemson, as we all know. They come back the next year, and he, he was by far the best player on that field that day, even with Trevor Lawrence out there. Uh, everyone watched that game. And I think even with a – I mean, they both have very talented lineups, but I would say probably a little bit less talented than Clemson's lineup. Uh, willed that team to a victory and brought them to the national championship. And that's kind of what bumped him up uh, the next level over some of these other guys in my eyes. Yeah, I completely 
I mean, I guess I don't completely agree because I have Zach Wilson at number two, but I'm going to talk about Justin Fields here um, in a little bit. But I think the debate of who the number two quarterback is in this draft class is something that people are kind of overlooking. Like the first pick is set in stone. And we, I mean, to this point, to our knowledge, the number two pick is set in stone too with Zach Wilson. And I loved watching Zach Wilson this year. I actually watched the, I didn't like watch it, but I saw some highlights from the spring game uh, before he had his big season. And the dude's just got an electric arm, can really throw it anywhere on the field. Um, one thing that I liked about him that I didn't really notice over the course of the season is that he can play out a shotgun um, and also under center. And he's actually pretty good at playing off the play action, which I think is going to be key for him uh, in the NFL. I think he is more NFL ready than, than most people think. Um, and obviously I think that pro day helped him out a little bit, just making some wild throws that fields ended up matching, but I, I really like Zach Wilson. I think he has an incredibly high ceiling. Um, but I think he is being overhyped a little bit because I don't think he's the set in stone number two quarterback in this draft class that everyone's trying to make it seem. And I know that in, in New York where, like I said, it seems like he's going to go. I mean, what weapons do they really have? Like Denzel Mims? Meh. Like, I, I don't know how that's going to turn out, but I'm excited to see uh, what he can do. Yeah, uh, I got Zach Wilson at three. Um, just talked about him, but just touched on I do like Zach Wilson. Oh, he's kind of classic pretty boy uh, NFL quarterback coming out of BYU. He just flicks the football, like you said, in the pro day it was shown, but in, even in the games, he just, he just flicks it. Uh, the one, obviously, the thing everyone's, like, um, sussed out about is his competition that he's played, and he lost his only game against uh, real competition against Coastal Carolina this year. But I think that, you know, with time, people talk about that with Carson Wentz, and, you know, Carson Wentz had a bad year, but he's had overall, like, a better career than a lot of people said that he could have up to this point. Uh, and, yeah, I think I like Zach Wilson a lot. I just think Fields – um, is a better player here uh, just edges him slightly yeah so like I said I had fields coming in at three um, I mean I'm still like on the ropes of who the number two is like I've been saying but I mean it's 618 regular season pass attempts in college fields through just nine interceptions he knows how to protect the ball um, his accuracy is awesome to watch he also has a lot of arm strength um, and just that dual threat ability can really change an offense uh, one of the things I think that needs to happen with Fields is I think that the team need, that drafts him needs to do everything they can to put him in a like a position to succeed. And I think with him and the leadership qualities he has shown throughout college, just throw him to the dogs, get him in there, let him take over. Because I feel like if you try to build, if you try to bring fields into an offense that is already set in stone. I don't know how exactly he's going to uh, handle that, but if you come in and, and kind of build your offense around fields, I think he has a lot of potential to create a dynamic offense. So you don't think like fields would be a good fit in uh, San Francisco. It sounds like they're not going to pick him, but that is that kind of what you're saying. Like he shouldn't be put in like a San Francisco that kind of has their offense already all set. Yeah, I mean, I think we've seen with the San Francisco, I mean, you pretty much put in any quarterback with their system and you're going to get the same results because their quarterback isn't relied to do a whole lot. And I think that, like I said, with uh, Fields' dual threat ability, 
putting him in a 49er offense, that's going to kind of take away that dual threat. And I just feel like he needs to be put in a situation where he can use all those characteristics because he's, I mean, he's really good at everything he does. Makes sense. But I think a lot of the things we look at in a draft at the end of the day, a lot of comes down to, is this the right fit? It's not about, I mean, obviously skill and ability is a large factor, but if you're not a right fit, you could be the best player in this class, go to a team that's not the right fit and you're not going to succeed. Definitely. Um, coming at four now for me, I got Mac Jones. Now, Mac Jones, I've kind of gone back and forth on uh, over the course this year, but the numbers on my through 40, 41 touchdowns to four interceptions this year. Um, the kid is a gamer. He won the national championship game with Alabama. Uh, a lot of people didn't even think he was going to start or didn't want him to start. Some people didn't think he was going to start coming into this year. Uh, but he obviously didn't. He obviously did a great job. He was top five, at least. I think top three in Heisman uh, voting, for goodness sake. And I think he would be a good a good fit for the 49ers, like we were just talking about. Um, I think he'd be a good game manager uh, and make some of those uh, throws that they've been lacking uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo and whoever, whoever the heck else they have in there the last couple of years. But... I think, uh, yeah, I think he'd be a good fit there. I think he could be a good fit in a lot of places. Uh, a lot of people think if he slips, the Patriots might come up. There have been some rumors about that and grab him. That would be terrifying. Uh, but, yeah, I like the kid a lot, and I hope he does well. Yeah, I also have Mac Jones here. Um, I've honestly really liked Mac Jones since he came in when uh, when Tua went down in 2019, performed pretty well. Um, then obviously last year just had a stellar year. I mean, a 77% completion rate. I mean, obviously he's got guys like Devonta Smith and, and Jalen Waddle, but you still got to get the ball there. Um, like you said, he protects the ball really well. Um, he doesn't do, he's not like a dual threat guy. Like we've kind of seen a lot of quarterbacks coming in, but I mean, there's really, it's hard to watch him throw the ball and just nitpick about things that he does wrong because he, He's a great player. Uh, I think he's a great leader. And like you said, I think the 49ers would be a great match because I I feel like he's a better Jimmy G. Yeah, I mean, and he's definitely you – he know, can develop into a better player over the course of his career, could grow with that team. Uh, five, round out the list for me, got Trey Lance. Um, like the kid, uh, Marshall, Minnesota. Uh, didn't – I uh, really wanted to play for the Gophers. Uh, they didn't really have a spot for him, didn't have a scholarship for him. Uh, and he ended up going to NDSU and having a great a great career there. Uh, cut short due to the coronavirus and them not having a season this year. But he's the wild card here. Um, you know, he's gone against FCS competition there in the Missouri Valley Conference. Uh, he's got a pretty arm. He can run. Uh, I think he can do a lot. I think he would be more suited to come into a position uh, where he doesn't have to play right away. I think he's definitely someone who could be taken under someone's wing, like maybe a Kirk Cousins uh, for a couple of years, and then uh, be put into the game in a much more uh, – where he's much more ready for this situation. I mean, he's coming out as soon as he can out of college, uh, which I think is the right decision because he's going to go in the top upper half of the first round probably. And, yeah, so I got Lance here at five. Uh, definitely the biggest wild card out of this group, but I think he is a good player, and I think he actually will end up being a good starting quarterback in the National Football League. 
Yeah, I got Lance coming in at five two. Um, like you said, I think he's he's better to come in and kind of back up a guy, um, get under his wing, kind of learn the ropes of the NFL and getting some of this higher competition. Uh, like you said, under Kirk Cousins, I think another good fit would be um, under Matt Ryan in Atlanta because Matt Ryan is probably on his way out. Um, and, and they got some weapons over there to work with that I think can really help out Trey Lance. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he obviously had a great career at NDSU. Um, does a lot of things really well, but, I mean, at the end of the day, you can't deny the competition that he faced is going to be drastically different than what he's going to face on Sundays. But I do think this guy is, is very talented. Um, but, yeah, I think it comes down to just not rushing him into a situation that he maybe shouldn't be in. Yeah, definitely. Uh, no, we're just going to – I have a, actually a – I think uh, – I guess not really a bust because he's not really ranked high. I'll call him a bust, Kyle Trask. Um He's kind of been plummeting his stock quite a bit uh, throughout the course of the season, but I don't think uh, he is really going to be an adequate starter in the National Football League at any point in time in his career. Uh, he had some really good weapons from Kyle Pitts to uh, Tony there at Florida. And when I watched Florida games, he just didn't pop off the TV screen uh, and impress me. He was making throws that I think a lot of quarterbacks can make and I don't think a lot of teams need a guy like that. I think that's a pretty expendable play. Not expendable, but there's a lot of guys out there that can do that that are in the league already. Yeah, I I agree with Trask there. Um, like you said, I maybe not a boss, but just someone who you know don't don't really think is gonna make it. Um, he like you said, he just doesn't do anything that pops off the screen, um, which I think in college you really got to do because if you can't. Fine. If you can't have like your niche in the N or in college and like specialize um, in something, then how are you going to do it in the NFL? So I mean, obviously you can improve, but uh, Trask is one of the older quarterbacks of this group. Um, so I agree there. But I also had a sleeper. I had Kellen Mond as my sleeper. Um, I mean, the kid's got great size. He's got a lot of experience at Texas A&M. Played four years there. Um, this past year, I mean, he only had 19 touchdowns, but only turned the ball over three times. Uh, I think there's a lot of potential for growth there, and I wouldn't mind seeing the Vikings take him uh, a little bit later on and have him uh, groomed under Kirk. Yeah, I actually, yeah, I think he's a pretty good player as well. Uh, I think he kind of, is he kind of a gunslinger? He kind of had a lot of interceptions, or am I wrong in saying that? 2018-2019, uh, he had nine each year. But, okay, uh, I'm a little bit off. That's not too had, many. But he only had three last year, but he didn't play in too many games. Okay, there I was a little off there. Uh, my sleeper I had for the quarterbacks was uh, Jamie Newman. Uh, out of Wake Forest, there. Uh, I was just watching some of the quarterbacks down the list a little bit more, watching some of their highlight tapes, a little film. Uh, this guy jumped out. I mean, he actually opted out of the 2021 season, and I think he was ranked a little bit higher. Uh, before uh this season uh he opted out and that obviously affected his draft stock but uh he ran a 4740 and uh this is kind of a guy you can get on day three that throws the football uh very well throws a very pretty ball i think i think he could be a solid backup i don't i'm not going to be unrealistic and say i think he's going to start in the nfl for a long time or anything i mean i think there's a chance that's why he's a sleeper but I, I think he's a good player, especially a guy that can do a lot of things uh, running the football as well as throwing the football. But, yeah. Yeah, I like Jamie Newman, too. Um, 
kind of followed him throughout college because I know he committed to Georgia and was had a lot of hype around him and ended up transferring to Wake Forest. But he definitely has the potential to be a special player. So, yeah. So, uh, you ready to move on to Arby's? Well, let's do it. I got a little surprise here. So, that's that's a that's what I heard. Brady is telling me for us. He's got a little surprise in the RB section. I'll kick it off uh, with no surprise. Uh, I got Najee Harris at one. I watched a few Alabama games this year. Uh, if you watched that game versus Notre Dame, I don't think this uh, pick needs a lot more explaining than that. He dominated that game. Uh, do it be behind a great offensive line, but I think he is the top running back in this draft class uh, for a reason. Yeah, so here's a surprise coming in at number one. I don't have ETN and I don't have Najee Harris. I actually got Javante Williams running back out of North Carolina. I just love watching this kid. Like he's 5'10, 220 pounds, uh, runs a 4.5540, which is pretty fast for a, a bigger kid like that. Uh, found the end zone 19 times last year. And the thing that really stuck out to me is he is such a downhill runner. Like this guy, do not get in front of him because no matter who you are, he's gonna run you over. Does a great job lowering the shoulder and just lowering the boom. I think he's gonna be one of the best value picks in this draft. Um but like I was saying earlier, it's going to be a huge role thing. Um, you know, if Javante comes in and doesn't get a lot of touches, and then, you know, I think that that is obviously going to limit him. But I, I think he's a really great running back, and I think he has a lot of potential to to uh, get a lot of carries in the NFL. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Um, I have Travis Etienne. At the two position, I uh, kind of go in chalk here in the top. Uh, not as fun as that, but I do like Javante as well. Um, yeah, Etienne, uh, the last four years at Clemson has kind of been the guy there uh, in the running back position. Um, he scored. He hasn't scored less than ten touchdowns every season. He's been there. Uh, he's just uh, been fun to watch. Uh, he's a. Geez, I cannot talk. I apologize. He's caught a lot of passes there too, which uh, is really encouraging for me to see from these new, new age running backs coming out of college. Uh, I think it's very important that you can incorporate yourself in the passing game to have a sustainable, long and successful NFL career. And Etienne is very fun running back to watch that can make a guy miss and, you know, catch a slant. Yeah, so I have Etienne at two actually as well. I mean, just look at the way this guy played in college. I think it's pretty incredible. Over 5,000 rushing yards, 70 rushing touchdowns. Um, his career average, there was 7.2 yards per carry, um, which I think is pretty crazy. Uh, the thing that really stuck out to me was his uh, 2018 year. I uh, had 1,658 yards and 24 touchdowns on the ground. Um, just a really great all-around running back, like you were saying. Um and I know I'm not saying that ETN is going to be the next Alvin Kamara, but I think that he has the ability to come in and kind of have that role because he can run up between the tackles. He can run it on the outside and he can also, you know, catch those swing passes or, or um, split out into the slot. So I really like ETN. I think he's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, definitely. Um, coming at three, I got your guy, Javonta Williams. Uh, I saw some lists that had him and, uh, um, Michael Carter back to back here at three and four. I do not have that. Um, Michael Carter, I think, was just significantly not Javonta Williams uh, when I watched both of their film. But like you said, Javonta Williams, 
very fun player to watch. Uh, he's all over the place, running people over, juking people out. Uh, he also had his fair share of catches, not as many as Etienne, but he definitely showed that he can catch the football. He fumbled zero times in his college career, and he found the end zone 22 times in his last in his uh, 2020 campaign. Uh, but yeah, got him a hair three. You already talked a lot about him, but I do like him a lot as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely excited to see where he goes um, this weekend. But coming in at three, I got Najee. Um, I mean, literally nothing against Najee. I just, I really like the way ETN plays, and I just think that Javante is being really undervalued. But I mean, there's no doubt that Najee Harris is a, he's just a dog. I mean, watching him at the end of last year was just incredible. Um, you know, just his ability to bounce off tacklers. Um, he's, he's pretty shifty for being that big of a dude. Um, you know, 6'2", 230 pounds. So I think uh, he's he, – I think he'll be the first running back taken, honestly, um, which I don't – I mean, I – It'll be too early this year. What? I don't think there's going to be many early running backs going this year. Yeah, I, I agree. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt – Najee's a he's a great running back. Uh, twenty six touchdowns last year is just crazy, and I think that's one thing that teams are going to look at because, you know, not every team has a running back that can succeed in the red zone, um, and that's one thing that Najee's really good at. Um, just got a nose for the end zone, so we'll we'll see where he goes, but definitely a solid solid running back. Yeah, for sure. Uh, coming in at four for me, I have Kenny Gainwell. Um, hasn't played since twenty nineteen, but. In that 2019 season, he had almost 1,500 uh, rushing yards uh, and 600 receiving yards. Uh, he comes out of Memphis. Really fun player to watch. Uh, he's got great hands, very elusive running back, a little bit more on the short side under six foot. But Kenny Gainwell, I do uh, I like a lot. I, I don't really have much else to say about him, but that that's what I got. Yeah, I actually have Kenny Gainwell there as well. Um, I know you texted me earlier this week about him, and I was like, well, I'll have to check him out. But checked him out a little bit more, and I, I do think he has a lot of potential. Um, I mean, you mentioned it, just a, another dual threat guy that can do it on the ground and through the air. Um, so I got him coming in at four as well, and I think just another good value pick there. Uh, I think this is, like, honestly, low-key a, a sneaky good running back class um, that has a lot of potential. Yeah, it's kind of, I, this is why uh, it's interesting with the running backs and picking them early, but I feel like there's these guys, like all these guys we talked about coming out every year, and now you're able to get them the second, third, even fourth rounds, and I think a lot of these guys can produce right away in the NFL. Yeah, I agree. I agree. One thing that um, I wrote in my notes about Kenny Gainwell is that I feel like there's, there's honestly, I'd say – nine maybe even 10 running backs that i really could see succeeding in the nfl but is there really nine or 10 spots that a guy's gonna be able to come in and get you know yeah. a, a decent amount of carries there's really not definitely so not. I, I think that's really unfortunate because even last year there was a good amount of running backs coming in that could play ball it's just a matter of getting an opportunity definitely yeah that's a especially the running back you just need touches that's about all you can do now so one thing i did not check for all these guys is whether they're good pass blockers or not and that is something that is very important when you get to the nfl and a lot of rookie running backs struggle with and i think that's why often they don't get as many touches as we might think they would get yeah that's definitely um, an underrated aspect that i didn't look into either but 
Um, I think um, at five, I'm going to have to go with my sleeper here, the five, six kid uh, representing from Buffalo. And for all the Maction lovers out there, uh, Jarrett Patterson, I'm sure a lot of you know of his 409-yard, eight-touchdown game he had this year. But the kid uh, absolutely uh, hasn't been going against the best competition, but he dominates this competition. Uh, he is very on the short side, but you really don't notice it when he's on the field. He's good in between the tackles, good outside the tackles. Where he's lacking is on the receiving end. Like I talked about, a lot of these running backs already talked about are great receivers. Uh, he actually had zero receptions this last year. Um, that might be something to do with the fact that you know, he's averaging 7.6 yards a carry in 2020. They probably don't have to throw the ball very often, and they're winning most of their games by more than 30. But, uh, yeah, it's still not promising to see zero catches in an entire season for a running back, but I think this kid uh, can absolutely have a good role on a, on a really good team coming up here. Yeah, Jared Patterson's definitely one guy that – um I really liked watching his film on. Uh, I didn't have him coming in at five. I had him a little later, but just like we were saying, another good value pick on a running back right there. Um, coming in at five for me is my sleeper pick, actually. Uh, Kylan Hill out of Texas A&M. Just think he's really been slept on. Um, you know, totaled over 2,500 yards on the ground um, on 452 carries. So that's a uh, 5.6 yards per carry right there. Um, added over 600 yards to the air. Um, not eye-popping stats. You know, obviously, a lot of these guys on this list have better stats than that. But there's – I mean, you watch this film, the skill is there. And like we said with the running backs, it's just an opportunity. Uh, you got to have the opportunities. Um, so not a ton of carries throughout his college collegiate career, but just a really competitive guy. Um, has the ability to make an impact in a variety of ways. Um, and just another good value pick, I think, in, in Kylan Hill. Definitely. Uh, do you have anything else you'd like to talk about in the Rainbow A sleeper or anything? So, yeah, that was my sleeper, but. Yeah, for sleeper, just like I said, Kylan Hill, and then my boss, I said Michael Carter. Oh, my bad. I missed you right there. Michael Carter, yeah. I mean, we talked about him a little bit. Well, what do you, why do you think he's a bust? I don't know. I think that, you know, he's he's a really small kid. Um I think that he – I just don't think he's going to be able to run between the tackles like he did in college. Like, he averaged eight yards per carry last year, which is crazy. Um, he, he's had 40 years of experience, but I think the size is going to limit him. Um, but I think he – you know, he can be part of kind of like a one-two combo, but he's not going to be a feature back. Definitely, definitely. All right, well, I'm ready to move on receivers if you are. Absolutely. I'm excited for this one. Yeah, this is always a fun one. I think a uh, great receiver class last year. I think it might be even better this year. Uh, starting from the top, uh, I think the top three, uh, very interchangeable, very debatable. But I got I got Jamar Chase up here. Obviously didn't play in 2020. I got him at one. I think he has the best hands uh, in this group. And we. Uh, I think people might be a little bit quick to forget. I don't know how quick they are to forget, but uh, he was the better – he was the one receiver on that LSU team with Justin Jefferson. We see how Justin Jefferson's doing in the league. Uh, I can just only imagine how Jamar Chase is going to do in this league. Great route runner. 
20 touchdowns, almost 1,800 yards. Uh, the stats speak for themselves. That was one of the best offenses ever, and he was the best weapon on that offense. Yeah, I got to go with uh, Chase here at number one, too. Just, I mean, unfortunately, we didn't get the opportunity to watch him last year, but just a crazy good player. Uh, won that Bolitnikoff award pretty easily. Um, I think one, if you're going to look for a knock on him, sometimes he has trouble creating separation, but he makes up for it with his athletic athleticism and his hands. Um, I think he's going to come in and just make an immediate impact um, to a receiving core. Great athlete. Um, like we said, had that huge year. So to me, he's he's the number one wide receiver. Yeah, and I think these, like, top three wide receivers, like, obviously there's more room for receivers on the field than running back, but I think all of them can go into any offense in the league and make a difference right away. Yeah, for sure. Uh, coming at two here, I was going back and forth and back and forth, but I ended up settling on Jalen Waddle at the two spot here. Uh, he was – uh, I mean, there's kind of a 1A, 1B situation with Devonta Smith, but he was outperforming Devonta Smith before he got injured this year. And I thought that was a really gritty moment for him to come back and play, even though he obviously didn't have – he was obviously hurting a lot uh, in that national championship game. But he wanted to come back and do what he could for his team to win that thing. Um, and he's a great route runner, uh, very fast. I think he could definitely be one of the best receivers out of this class. That's why I have him at two. Yeah, so uh, let's talk about Jalen a little later because I actually have him lower than most people. But uh, I got Devonta Smith coming in at two. Insane year last year, 117 catches, 1,800 yards, 23 touchdowns. Um, I mean, when you when you watched him last year, it was literally like, Saturday came around, you're like, oh, what did Devonta Smith do today? It's literally like making your own player in, in Madden or something. Just a crazy good player. Um, obviously, the size is a little bit of a concern, but I saw the other day that he had some stomach issues over the summer or the offseason. Um, so he's been putting on a lot of weight, and I think once he gets onto a NFL training regime, um, hopefully add some more weight to that just to prevent any injuries or or things like that, kind of the way John Ross struggled coming out of college due to his small size. But, I mean, Devonta's a great player, and I, hopefully he's can uh, put some numbers up like like he did uh, last year. Yeah, I got Devonta here at three. I think Devonta is amazing, uh, and I think he should go in the top ten uh, of this year's draft. I think all three of these guys should, uh, if they will. I'm not sure, but uh, Devonta obviously won the Heisman. was the best weapon on that national championship, one of the greatest offenses of all time, same as Jamar Chase. Uh, the only knocks I see is that Waddle was outperforming him before he got injured, and just obviously his size is a little concerning. I'm not too worried about that, though. Yeah, so uh, coming in at three here, uh, probably another surprise for most people, um, but I, I like big wide receivers. Um, I think they've found up kind of a, a spot in the NFL in today's world. So I got Terrence Marshall Jr., another LSU wide receiver. Um, had pretty poor quarterback play last year at LSU, but he still managed to uh, separate himself as one of the top receivers coming into this class. Uh, I think he's just a great athlete, like I said, has a lot of size that still um, he's able to create a lot of speed and a lot of separation. 
um, great hands, just a competitor. Um, so yeah, I, I really like Terrence Marshall Jr. Definitely. That's interesting. I do not have him on my list, uh, but right here at four, going to have uh, one of Brady's favorite players, Rashad Bateman. I don't know if he's one of his favorite players. He played for the U, definitely likes him a lot. Uh, Rashad Bateman coming into this year. Uh, Many had Rashad Bateman, like top five, top 10 prospect. Uh, if you would have sat out, I think you would have been sitting in a better spot right now if you would have just sat out the whole year. Uh, definitely not what the Gophers expected this year from him or from themselves, but he's a great route runner. Uh, I do like his hands quite a bit. <clears throat> and, yeah, I think Rashad Bateman uh, kind of got a bad rap. I think they got a little bit too high of expectations coming into this year, and then he was kind of on again, off again with the COVID stuff. Uh, but, yeah, I do like Bateman a lot. I think he's going to be a really good receiver. I do hope the Packers draft him. Uh, in the first round, I, I'm sure they won't, but I really hope they don't. And if we look at the past, they're not going to draft them, so I'm not yeah, too worried. That's, about. that's yeah, I'm not, I wouldn't worry about it either. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I actually, you know, like I said, I love Rashad Bateman, um, but I'm going to talk about him here in a bit because at four, I got uh, Jalen Waddle. Um, I mean, there's no there's no denying this kid can, can do a lot of things. Well, um, you know, he runs short and inter intermediate routes very well, but is also great, um, with a long ball, um, performed really well last year before going down. Like you mentioned, that was awesome seeing him come back and, and just try to battle his way through that last game. Um, the one concern I have with him is, yeah, he's coming off that injury. Um, he's also smaller than Henry Ruggs, and we saw Henry Ruggs struggle quite a bit um, last year in his rookie season. So, I mean, I like Jalen, but I think that he might be a little bit overhyped right now. Um, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, I think Jalen's pretty easily a better prospect than Ruggs was. I mean, Ruggs is faster, but I don't know. I mean, that's just me. Uh, coming in at five, I got Kadarius Tooney out of Florida. Uh, also have an honorable mention, Ronald Moore. Uh, these guys, I think, are very similar. Both very shifty guys that I think also the Packers should draft, but definitely won't. Um, both very on the short side, but they're both just playmakers. They got their hand on the ball. Uh, they're handing Tooney the ball. They're throwing it to him on screens, and he's just making people miss and finding his way to gain yards. Um yeah he's a he's another fun guy to watch just uh you he's know, a blast he gets the ball in his hands you, you, you never know where he's gonna go uh coming in at five though, i got my boy shot bateman um one reason i had him maybe a little lower um than maybe people expected was because uh minnesota ran a very simple offense it was a lot of um rpos so bateman was catching deep um he didn't have a you know a wide variety of routes that he had to run but there's no doubt that he's a speedster um has great hands like you were saying um but i just hope that once he gets the nfl i think he might need a little bit more coaching just to uh widen his route tree but i mean he's, he's a great player and like i said hopefully he doesn't go to the packers because it'd be hard to hard to root for him then yeah and i think he kind of i mean you can go both ways with that i think he kind of gets restricted by that by that simplicity of the offense like you don't really know, like, what he – I mean, Antonio Brown didn't run a full route tree in college, like, and he was on pace to be, like, the best receiver ever, almost. 
Yeah, it's definitely not a knock against Bateman. It's just uh, we don't really know. Concern, yeah, fair enough. Uh, for my sleeper, <clears throat> I got a Monroe St. Brown out of USC. Again, I was just rolling through these uh, receivers past the top five, and this guy sticks out. He is a playmaker down there in California. Uh, at just every play, he's is a highlight. He's a walking highlight tape. Uh, very fun player to watch. Uh, I think he's definitely getting underrated. Um, I think he could definitely make a difference right away in the NFL. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, just it just goes to show how deep this class is. And there's some other names that I want to bring up because I just think we would be doing um, not doing our job here if we weren't to bring these names up. So Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss, another playmaker, just all over the field can really do a lot. Uh, you mentioned it earlier, Rondale Moore out of Purdue, great player. Um, Amari Rogers out of Clemson. He's been there for a while, but I actually really like him. Um, he's, he's a veteran guy that I think can come in and kind of find a specific role with the team. Um, but my sleeper is Tylon Wallace out of uh, Oklahoma State. Just a physical wide receiver, great hands. Um, he's going to do anything to go up and get that ball. Just a really fun guy to watch. And like I mentioned earlier, I like the bigger receivers. He's a bigger dude. Um, and I think he could he could find success somewhere maybe uh, in Philadelphia if they decide to not mess up on their wide receivers again. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, all right, so you ready to move on to, to the tight ends? Let's do it. Um, Unlike the wide receiver class, uh, this seems to be a very scarce, scarcely untalented group. For the second year in a row. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what Adam Trotman did last year. Well, I'm sure it was not much. Where did he even get drafted again? I, I want to say, he, did he go to the Saints? I, that makes sense. I think he's on the Saints. I, I just remember, like, kind of. Yeah, like, he did. And I think. I think at the end of the year, he picked it up a little bit. He ended with 15 catches, 171 yards, and a touchdown. Okay. He made some plays. Well, I'll, get, I'll give it to him. Uh, he was definitely – I think he was the second-rated tight end last year. Some people had him at one. Yeah. Uh, but I don't, I don't know how many – yeah. I just did not remember liking him too much. Sorry about that, Adam. Yeah. Adam, if you're listening, sorry. Yeah. But uh, tight ends, one, Kyle Pitts. Um not much to say. I'm sure. I'm sure you've all watched the highlight tape. He's he's unbelievable. He makes all the plays all over the field for Florida. Huge reason that offense is so successful, along with Tooney. Uh, and the, his big knock is that he can't block. Um, I watched some film on him. He's like, I don't think he's the worst blocker. He's not a good blocker, but I think he can serviceably do the job. Uh, like you know upper end of the bottom uh, as far as the NFL goes when it comes to blocking. So, and that's not what an NFL team is looking for in a tight end like that these days. Anyways, they can get a blocking tight end uh, for the cheap, uh, but they need someone to make plays and win games for them. So got Kyle Pitts at one. Yeah. I feel like a lot of things with tight ends in today's NFL is you kind of have your, your number one guy who can catch a ball move downfield and then your second and third guys are the guys that you're really going to put in um in the run game to help block and everything so 
Um, yeah, I mean, the scouts have the scouts and the media have done a pretty good job of covering Kyle Pitts. I mean, he's an athletic freak. I think it's just going to be really interesting to see where he goes and how he's used because he can be used in so many different ways. Honestly, you can split him out wide. You can put him in the slot. You know, you can do some funky stuff with him in the backfield and then obviously lining up at tight end. So it, he's, a, he's a great player. It's just a, how is he going to be used? Definitely. Coming in at two, I got – I, w- I really hope I don't butcher the name. Pat Freermuth. Is that how you'd say it? I think it's Freermuth, something like that. Freermuth. Uh, we'll just call him Pat. Pat. Uh, Pat Patrick. Pat out of Penn State. Pat, Pat from Penn State. Pat from Penn State. Uh, Slots himself in the two. And I wasn't really impressed watching this film, but like he's pretty easily in this two spot somehow still. Um, played the last three years at... Penn State over those years accumulated 16 touchdowns along with about 1,100 yards. Um, last year, really disappointing year for Penn State. Uh, they had national title aspirations and they did not win a game. Um, but he played pretty well. I think he's a good blocker from what I've seen. I I, I think he could be a good catch some, block some kind of guy. Uh, one of those in the middle two type of guys that you can trust as sure hands, but also is mostly there for blocking purposes. Uh, yeah, so that's what I got on him. Yeah, I got Pat from Penn State coming in at two as well. Um, just kind of a good combination of blocking skills, and he's able to catch the ball. I think he's going to be a good red zone target. Um, I saw some people are calling him Baby Gronk, and I think those people just need to chill out a little bit. But yeah. um, he's, a, he's a good player, physical guy. Um, like you said, pretty easily here at number two. Um, the guy in third isn't really close to him and he's not even close to being as good as the guy at the number one spot. So I think Pat from Penn state is going to have a, going to have a nice career. Um, but maybe not just eye poppy numbers, kind of similar to what he was doing at a Penn state. Yeah. I'm coming in at three here. I have Hunter long out of Boston college. Uh, this guy, uh, again, didn't really pop off the film, but he definitely could make some plays down the field. Uh, he had five touchdowns this last year and about 700 yards. Uh, I think he's a pretty pretty decent blocker as well, too. I couldn't find much blocking tape on him, but I think he's solid when it comes to that. Uh, but, yeah, got Hunter Long here from Boston College at three. Yeah, and I think uh... – after number two, the disparities in our list is kind of going to show how weak of a class this really is. Um, so at number three, I got Brevin Jordan, uh, tight end out of Miami last year at 38 catches, 576 yards, seven touchdowns, which really isn't too bad for a tight end here in college. Um, good player, big kid. Uh, he, I watched a little bit of his blocking. He's a competent blocker. He's not – um, out of this world, but I think he uh, might find a nice little uh, tight end two, tight end three role with it with an NFL team. Yeah, I got Brevin here at four for me. I agree. I, did, I thought he's on the lower spectrum when it comes to blockers with these tight ends uh, in this draft class. Uh, but his his highlight tape was fun to watch. He he was, he looks pretty fast out there, uh, making some plays for yeah, the he's, Miami yeah, he's, Hurricanes. Yeah, he found the end zone seven. He's times. athletic for sure. Yeah. Oh, definitely. He definitely is going to be <clears throat> out there doing some things that most of the people on this list not named Kyle Pitts could not do. 
Uh, but yeah, where he lacks is that blocking to an extent. I mean, he's still a decent blocker, but that's what he lacks compared to the other guys on this list. Yeah, for sure. Uh, coming in at four for me, I have Tommy Tremble. Um, you look at the stats, not too impressive. 19 catches, 218 yards last year. Couldn't find the end zone. He's got good size at 6'4", 248, but his specialty is blocking. Uh, really athletic dude, really physical, um, really gets off the line well and makes good contact. Um, so maybe not not the pass-catching guy you're going to get, but a guy that you can plug in there and, and feel confident that he uh, he's going to do his job in the blocking game. Yeah, I got Tremble here at five. I was planning to put Tremble higher, and then I looked at the stats and saw he didn't have a touchdown. I mean, you got to find a way to get in the end zone, man. Uh, but, yeah, he only had 19 receptions, uh, 218 yards, zero touchdowns this last year. You're not you're not drafting this guy to catch passes for you. He's basically going to be a blocking tight end, uh, but he's really good at it. So that's why he's still in top five tight ends of this class he's going to get drafted middle rounds and uh, should be a good role player for a team yeah coming in at five for me uh i got trey mckitty out of georgia um i think he he transferred to georgia i think he went to florida state previously um didn't have the best stats last year six catches 108 yards and a touchdown um limited action though um, just a big kid, 6'5", 245. Um, he can block pretty well, um, pretty athletic for his size. Um, just kind of a wild card, I think, because a lot of these tight ends going on later, um, I don't really see any potential in. But Trim McKitty was actually uh, pretty fun to watch. Yeah, definitely. I got a little bit of a sleeper here, too, with uh, Matt Bushman out of BYU. Again, just scrolling through, watching some tape on the, the lower guys. Matt Bushman uh, stuck out a little bit compared to the other ones. Uh, he's playing with Zach Wilson down there at BYU. Uh, had nearly 50 receptions this last year for 700 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, just think that he could uh, end up being a decent role player and making some plays, catching some balls for some NFL teams up, up in these upcoming years. <laughs> yeah, I also um, watched Bushman tape just in a, like – abnormally long kid yeah it was like his, it was like his, it was something about him <laughs> yeah just a really long dude but yeah like you were saying good good year at uh at byu with zach wilson there so definitely a guy to keep your eye on all right you ready to move on to tackle let's do it all right uh starting with my one tackle um no surprises here Panay sewell uh out of oregon just a just a beast out there on the field, uh, and tackles are becoming more and more. They always have been, always will be one of the most important positions on the football field, protecting your franchise quarterback. Um, Panesuel is very athletic. I think I don't think he's as polished actually as my number two on this list. I think he has a way higher ceiling than all these guys. I think he's one of the most athletic. Three hundred and 30 pound guys that I've seen. Uh, but yeah, he's a pleasure to watch. <clears throat> yeah, I definitely had him coming in at one, two. I think a lot of teams do, or a lot of people do. Um, just a great athlete, young kid. Um, even with how good he is, I still think he has room to grow. Uh, I saw that uh, Herbert was trying to get the Chargers to get him reunited um, in uh, for, for Los Angeles. But uh yeah, just a great player. Um, I think he's he's the number one, but 
I mean, I think this is another sneaky good tackle class. Like last year, we got blessed with, you know, Makai Becton, uh, Jedrick Wills, Andrew Thomas. I uh, feel like I'm missing another big one, but this is also a really good tackle class. And there's going to be a lot of steals with the tackles this year just because of all those skill guys going so early, um, which hopefully the Vikings can take advantage of because they got that mid-round pick. And I can tell you right now, one of these top three guys is going to fall. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think it's a, a really solid tackle class or O-line class even when it comes to that. Uh, coming in at two, I got Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. He looked like uh, the most polished uh, tackle. He had the best pass set that I saw uh, actually just shutting down uh, Chase Young uh, the last year. But, uh, yeah, standing at 6'4", 315, uh, not as athletic as, as uh, Panay, but very good pass set, uh, really good run blocker. He just popped out on tape to me as one of the best uh, tackles. Almost made me consider putting him above Panay, and then I like came back to sanity, but definitely made me think about it for a little bit. Yeah, I got Slater coming in at two here. Uh, just allowed five pressures last year. Um, really good footwork. Um, like you said, maybe not athletic as, as our guy at number one, but uh, just a great athlete. Uh, had a had a good career there at Northwestern and, you know, a team that didn't really have many bright spots. So this is another guy I think that's going to fall and a great value pick mid-round. Yeah, uh, coming up next, my list is actually the favorite player I have uh, looked at this entire time. Uh, Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma State tackle. I found this highlight tape and I think it was titled Tevin Jenkins plays football angry. And I was like, well, this is going to be a fun video to watch. And that it was, uh, he was mauling people out there and I, it was just, a, I mean, it's the big 12. So it's a little less competition than say the big 10 of the sec, but he was absolutely manhandling people and imposing his will on the defense, uh, which is something that I, I've loved to see in a player uh he's not as perfectly polished as slater or as athletic as seawall but he has the mindset to be a great nfl football player and he has the frame and body to do it uh and i just see him being a really good tackle for a really long time and he's just mean and nasty and it's one of the best one of my favorite things to watch yeah i'll talk about jenkins here in a bit but uh, I got Christian Derisaw out of Virginia Tech coming in at number three. Uh, I just really like his footwork, his ability to get to the second level. Uh, I know you weren't the biggest fan of him, uh, but I think he has has potential to uh, be an anchor and an O-line here in the NFL. Um, maybe not as athletic or specializes in anything really, but I just think he does a lot of things well um, that you can trust him um, on an NFL O-line. Definitely. Uh, coming in at four for the Tigers, I got Jalen Mayfield. Uh, watch a little bit of film on him. Uh, he doesn't make many technical mistakes. Uh, he's not the best athlete, uh, but he does everything that he's supposed to do right. Um, yeah, and I thought he was a very solid pass blocker as well as run blocker all around. Solid tackle there. Yeah, at four, uh, I got your boys, Kevin Jenkins. Um, just really, honestly, I think – not only his violence, I mean, you literally the first play I watched of his film, it's just like, oh my gosh, like this dude is violent, but also really versatile. 
um, has played left tackle, right tackle, and I think he even played a little interior. He played some guard, um, yeah. Yeah, just uh, I think I mean, why wouldn't you want a versatile, violent tackle that can play both sides? Um, but yeah, I mean, you covered it pretty pretty good. He's just a, a violent dude who I think is going to come into the NFL, and he's just going to be ready to play. Yeah, and coming in at five, I have more than most uh, Christian Derisaw out of Virginia Tech. I just watched them, and I some of these lists I'm looking at, he's got him above Slater, really close to Slater. I don't think he's in the same vicinity as uh, Slater. Um, he's. I just think he had a little, a lot more trouble imposing his will on defenders, um, than a lot of these other top guys did. And I think if you're doing that in college, it's going to be a, very hard to do it in the NFL. <clears throat> Yeah, it'll be interesting, uh, definitely, because I, I can see your point of view, but I also think he has a lot of potential, so that'll be fun to watch. Uh, coming in at five for me, uh, I got the NDSU kid, Dylan Redunz. Did not sure how to say his name, but just another physical dude that does not give up on the play. I mean, you'll see him chip a D-tackle, go to the second level, and literally push that uh, linebacker 40 yards downfield until the play is over. Uh, I just really like his heart, his competitiveness, um, really big kid. Um, I think he can add a little bit more muscle on, which I'm not worried about. I think he will once he gets drafted. But I think another good value pick there. Um, and, you know, you always root for guys that went to smaller schools and hopefully can come up and find success in the NFL. So I think it'll be fun to watch him. Definitely. Uh, you got any other tackles you'd like to talk about? Uh, I thought Alex Leatherwood out of Alabama was interesting uh, just because his size is insane. I mean, you see him on the field, and it's just like, how can you be that big? But I think there's a couple things to be worried about with him. Uh, I think another guy you got to talk about is Samuel Cosme out of Texas, um, probably the most experienced tackle out of this draft class. Um and I always think that, you know, experience with tackles is pretty important. But, uh, yeah, I mean, like we said, I think this is a is a deep tackle class. Yeah, definitely. I, I do like all these guys I watch. Uh, good. I what actually – thoughts on – what are your thoughts on the NDSU kid, Redon's or whatever? Were you able Redon's, to I, I like him. I just didn't think he uh, was to crack the – the uh, top five but i think he plays kind of a, a little bit like like tevin uh with that yeah. same mindset so yeah just like you talked about uh i mean that's kind of how i personally try to play the, the game of football so i love seeing other people try and do it and yeah. successfully do it better than i do it uh but yeah i think he had that same he's got that mean streak that is fun to watch and i think it really helps uh when you have that that's pushing you to go further than you even need to go to make these blocks, I think he's going to do lead to success in the NFL. Yeah, I think it's every time you see an O-lineman that plays until the whistle every single play, I mean, that's just, as a true football fan, that just gets you going. It's awesome to see. <laughs> Definitely. All right, would you like to move into the interior? Let's do you hear it. me? All right. Not my specialty, but we, we. And one thing is, I actually had a uh, Leatherwood ranked in the interior. Did I come? Did I just botch that, or did he play guard and tackle? 
I've only known him as a tackle. But... Uh, you cut out there for a second. Um, oh yeah, I I can yeah. botch that. I botch that. All right. Well, sorry. He. It lo- I will only have four, but that will be okay. <clears throat> I mean, you can still talk about Leatherwood if you watch some of his tape, but yeah, I I obviously did not watch much of him because he is a tackle. Um. <laughs> Right. Well, coming in at one for interior guys, I got Landon Dickerson out of Alabama. The center there uh, really was the core of an unbelievable offensive line uh, on an unbelievable offense there at Alabama. Uh, He's a big guy, pretty athletic, gets around for his size. Uh, Just really like the way he plays and the way he commands that offensive line. Yeah, um, I got coming up here and talking about. I got Tucker. I think you just under the O line category because he plays tackle, guard, and center. But I mean, a great size. Uh, like I said, very versatile, uh, physical guy. Um, I think out of the O lineman in this class, I think he's one guy that could come in and he's. I think he's definitely ready to go right away. Definitely, yeah. I got him. I got him coming in at two. I saw a lot of things saying he's the best pass blocker out of these interior guys, uh, and they think he's going to play guard. But yeah, like you said, he's very versatile. Um, can play all over the offensive line. Uh, he didn't really stick out to me as like uh, as violent as some of these other guys. Uh, is a way to put it, I guess, as aggressive. But uh, he was very good and very athletic. <laughs> Yeah, definitely his athleticism was was cool to watch on a big guy like that. Um, coming in at two, I had Landon Dickerson. Um, I mean to to be the center of that, or you know, be the main point of that O line in Alabama. I mean, you got to be really smart. You got to know what you're doing, and I think that's one of these things with these interior alignments is their mental transition into the NFL. If you're able to manage making those calls at the line, because they're going to get a lot more complicated. Um, so I think Landon Dickerson uh, just really um, – I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but just a really good prospect coming in. Um, I think he's a clean, safe pick, and I think he's one of those guys where you just kind of know what you're getting from him. Definitely, yeah. I don't, I don't think he's going to really bust per se, but I don't think he has the high ceiling, uh, you know, out of these guys. I'd, I'd agree with you. He's more of a safe, a safe but very good pick. <clears throat> All right, uh, coming in at three for me, I got Creed. I got Creed Humphrey, uh, center coming out of Oklahoma. Uh, kind of similar to Landon, just on the Oklahoma squad over there. Uh, and they've produced a few offensive linemen in their day. Uh, you know, he's a two-year team captain for the Sooners there, and just a very strong, <clears throat> a very strong uh, anchor to that. Oklahoma offensive line to perf- that's protected Spencer Rattler this last year. Uh, just I think he moves people very well on the inside in the run game. And yeah. Yeah, I got Creed Humphrey coming in here too. Um, just an absolute beautiful mullet. So that's a good way to start. Just you, you got to love that on an alignment. 
Uh, 37 career starts, uh, including 36 consecutive starts. Uh, Three-year starter there at Oklahoma. Um, just uh, like you said, a good athlete, does a good job of moving guys, which is, you know, his job. So. <laughs> also a really yo- young guy, only 21 still. So um, I think, honestly, again, another good value pick here at the O-line. Heading into my number four, I have Wyatt Davis uh, coming out of Ohio State, the guard. Uh, Some people think the Vikings might want to draft him. Uh, That would be interesting. But I think he'd be a good fit for them, help protect. Uh, Kirk Cousins there. I think he's a great player on that Ohio State offensive line. Uh, seemed to really transition well from combo box to backers when I watched his film uh, and was very powerful with his punch. Uh, yeah. How do you say this uh, Wisconsin Whitewater kid's name? Um, Quinn. Mirnes. 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 Sorry. Mier-ness. Sorry about that if you're up to listening. I don't know, but. Yeah, my bad, bro. Quinn from Whitewater. <laughs> Uh, just a, a physical guy, uh, you know, obviously coming from a D3 school, you kind of, you know, kind of the same thing with Ben Barch last year, you know, you're not sure how he's going to correlate, but got the opportunity to participate in the senior bowl and was kind of the talk of the senior bowl, just like Barch was, um, just, a, I think he's going to be a really good player. Um, just a, obviously dominated at his level, which he should, um, but hopefully he has a smooth transition, big personality guy, which I think is always good up on that old line. So, you know, I always like, like I said, rooting for the, you know, the D3, D2 kids. And so it'll be, it'll be fun to see where he goes. So you had him at four there? Uh, yep. Interesting. I, I'm going to throw him in at five. Uh, yeah. Like like a lot like you talked about, he's taking the the Ben Barch route. Um, I am trying to currently find his pro day numbers. Uh, he ran well. He lit it up on his pro day. That's 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 something I need to know. I why can I not find it? Okay, well, Mirnes obviously dominating at Wisconsin Whitewater there. Uh very strong. I think I think at the Reese's Senior Bowl. Really showed what he can do against that power five talent. Uh, is just something else to watch him pancake power five guys. Uh, it has to be embarrassing getting pancaked by some D3 kid, but he's projected second, third round. Uh, we'll see what happens, see where he ends up. Yeah, one of the better storylines to follow for sure. Um, coming in at five here, I got the guy you mentioned earlier, Wyatt Davis, at Ohio State. Um, I feel like another Landon Dickerson guy, you kind of know what you're going to get. He's got good hands, really good on one-on-one situations, um, really quick. Um, and he also plays really low. And, you know, you and I both know that the low man wins. So, Yeah, and quick on Mirnes' pro day, he ran a 4.940 and had a 32-inch vertical and a 9.3 wow. box, box, broad jump, 9.3 broad jump. 32-inch vertical was Absolutely. the one that stood out to me. Yeah, that's that's impressive for sure for a big at three thirty, three twenty, unreal. Right, yeah, well, I pretty I much think wraps, that wraps up the offensive rankings. Yep. Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, back today with the defensive side of the ball. 
Sorry, I think we're having some connection issues here, but um, yeah, I think uh, just given a little preview of tomorrow, I don't think it's as strong as a draft class as defensively as maybe it was last year, but definitely some intriguing prospects that'll be uh, fun to talk about. But I mean, definitely, definitely a lot of good skill players. And like we said, um, a lot of O-linemen that are going to drop down boards that are end up great value picks. Definitely. All right. Well, have a nice night. Thanks for listening.